recording. Every time you do that, it just sounds like the damn like sex talk, like the late night sex chat radio show. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's very uncomfortable. And I lost all my notes. Here they are. Jesus. No, it's totally okay. All right. Well, yeah. In my, uh, I guess I'll have to. I'll plug that later. I was going to say in my other podcast because I have another podcast. Yeah. Uh, I do this kind of shit all the time. It's great because uh, we all laugh at each other, and then I'll get like real low and serious. Like, See, that's why I'm glad I don't have headphones Dr. on right now because I don't want your head, you and my voice. All right. Well, hey, wait, welcome to whiskey. <laughs> welcome to whiskey and BS. Um, I want to say this. Is officially with technology at my fingertips. Episode number five. Five. However, we've, <laughs> I've done twenty episodes of <laughs> of a day in the life of Umbrella podcast, but this is officially Whiskey and BS episode five, and we're slowly getting better. At we're, it. we're slowly getting better. <laughs> it's episode five. By all rights, I think it is supposed to be episode. <laughs> 25 but <laughs> it's taken us it's, five uh, years to get five, five episodes it's been a it's been a long hectic road yeah. you know uh so busy it, busy lives and such yeah scott's being polite uh, two two what is it uh tuesday june 19th episode five um i this is whiskey nbs and basically our premise is scott and i talk about a lot of do we, we're explicit on this? Oh, we're, we're definitely Okay, we explicit. talk a lot of bullshit, and we drink whiskey. And on principle, when you think, oh, those guys, that's just a gimmick, nope. At 11, actually about 10.30 a.m. today, we realized we didn't have any whiskey. And so because of our dedication to our craft and our entertainment, we went to Ralph's and bought whiskey in the middle of the morning. Yes, we did. And uh, so I am Jeff Bosley, actor and entertainer, I guess. And this is Scott Seagram. Writer. Actor, occasionally a director, uh, sort of. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> Jack of all trades. Sometimes I teach children. <laughs> I just bump my like, mic with my whiskey glass. <laughs> oh, that was in lieu of whiskey talk. Speaking of whiskey, I educate children. <laughs> Speaking of wit, no. I would uh, <laughs> imagine every teacher goes, yeah, we have a yeah, flask in our yeah. drawer. I'm sure everybody's got like a bottle in their drawer or some or something. I need to adjust my microphone. <laughs> While you do that, um, and so uh, this is whiskey and bullshit, whiskey and BS. Um, we basically talk anything and everything. We're trying to come up with a template, and you'll hear us kind of follow it today. And we every week we try to tap into a new whiskey. Um, Scott and I aren't exactly rolling with the um, Johnny Walker Blue Day Weekly. Yeah, we uh, we're poor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at not a Johnny Walker on. blue bottle, and I'm like, is there some in there? I don't think there is. Uh, probably not. I don't um, think so. I, well, yeah, we're not exactly Johnny Walker blue label. Johnny Walker blue, if anybody wants them to sponsor us, they're more than welcome to. I will drink that stuff like water if they if they pay me to. Oh, yeah, hands down. Also, uh, Lagavulin, if, oh. uh, if they want to sponsor us, I will do we'll so many things. <laughs> so basically where I was going with that is, is weekly we try to do something new, and but we also have our go-to ones, and Scott and I are both fans of Jameson. Anybody that's in the military or firefighting, I don't know if police do it as often, but Jameson is like, it's like kind of like the patron saint of alcohol for yeah. military and emergency services. Um, I think it's just a cop-out to drink. But <laughs> we, we expanded to their caskmates, um, whatever, selection. Jameson Caskmates. Yes. This sounds like a pitch. We're not getting paid for this, trust me. They're getting their money's worth for free. But basically, they made whiskey in uh, stout barrels. 
that they made beer in. So it tastes like you used a glass of, drank a glass of Irish stout, finished it, and then added whiskey to that. And you're yep. like, oh, this tastes like somebody used this cup for two different products. So It's uh, it's very smooth. I, I actually haven't had it. I thought I had at one point, but I now know that I definitely did not because but to be this classy, tastes really good. You know, because it is not even lunchtime yet, Scott and I put it in our coffee. So yes. that makes us... that makes us not alcoholics. It's an Irish coffee. Yeah. However, next to our coffee, I also have two fingers of Jameson in a tumbler. So Eh, that's, that's an alcoholic. (laughs) It's finest. So updates, moderation. (laughs) I'm not alcoholic. I drink with my left hand and I drive with my right. (laughs) Now you're getting it. (laughs) General updates. Uh, this is the segment we like to call general updates. (laughs) Insert sound effect here. Wow. I don't know what that sound <laughs> We're effect not was. Go. Uh, general the process updates. sometimes has fails. It does. It does. It's a learning curve. <laughs> Steep one at that. Because you're not really sure what uh, what anybody wants to hear. I don't it know what I want to hear half the time. It does, right? Oh, my God. It's I've so just been kicking it straight since we started. No, nah, I keep like double fisting it. I'm about to just <laughs> pour it straight into my coffee. It's just too good. You do look like, it looks like a college party Fuck over it. there. Fuck it. Just... I just poured my whiskey in my coffee because, like I said, Irish coffee. Little known fact, I actually had a show on our uh, college radio station. And uh, I didn't do anything cool in college, but I really regret not doing anything cool. And I would have, my co-whatever, definitely, I two-fisting all the time during our show. (laughs) That's awesome. Updates, what's new with you? Okay, new with me. Uh, No, it's good. It's like, it's passion. Smash that table. <laughs> no, uh, good with right now. Things things are good. Things are good. Uh, got uh, got got some auditions. Got some self tapes. Uh, so you just work on some ridiculous ones. I yeah, mean, what's uh, this emo thing? Can uh, you say much? I I don't I don't know. Not to knock anybody that's emo. We respect all. No, I decisions. mean, hey, you know what? I I had I had my my emo time in life. You know, I, I was there. There are pictures. I think I posted one a week or two ago, actually, for Throwback <laughs> Thursday, as it were. Uh, guy liner and ask, all. Was I was question. there, was man. Was that guy liner or was that, that just totally was. That totally was. It. it was, uh, it was on fleek, as they say. <sighs> if I got that term right, I probably don't. I'm that probably using it completely wrong. My soul just hurt a little bit hearing you say fleek. <laughs> you know what, dude? Like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm around kids all the time, and half the shit coming out of their mouth is like, I don't understand. And now I know how my family and my parents probably felt when I was growing up. <laughs> And it doesn't make me feel better about it, but you no. know, that's that's the way it goes. But you know, I only used words like "dude," which still sticks. I still yeah, say that. Crap. Yeah. But well, think about like "rad," though. That was a thing. Was there that many? Words. I still use it. But I'm saying, like, we had, we could probably come up with. Uh, I'll round up maybe ten words that were painful. Now, the 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 Kardashian generation. There are. No, so many lot. words, and then they're talking, words. now what they've done is they like to use rad and radical. Mm-hmm. They've taken words that shouldn't be shortened yep. and made them short. And yep. those, I can't even think of examples. I'm very happy, but yeah, it's almost a whole new um, language. I can't imagine working with kids these days. You know, and it, I, it, it's to the point where it's like you just start saying it to be cool, ironic. <laughs> Mostly, you're just be like, "Oh, what's up, bruh? How's it going, dude?" Oh, and you gosh. just like play it up, and people are like, "Yeah, it's funny because you're doing that." And then, how long does it take before you just do that? <laughs> That's just how you talk. Oh, poor guy. That's life. 
So we well, got off topic. You, yeah, no, real yeah, fast. That's, that's that's our capabilities. <laughs> yeah. So those were your updates. Uh, no, no, yeah, you shot just, like a uh, handful of things and about tons of auditions. Yeah, yeah, I've been working on been working on some stuff. Uh, the some short shoots. There's a little web series thing for this guy. It's it's that was vague as hell. Yeah, that but, sounded uh, dirty. No, it's, Scott and I will do anything to succeed in Hollywood. <laughs> it's a comedy web series, and it's. Like about a guy who mismanages a company, more or less. And is he? Is he? What are you doing? I've got a co-host. Is he Bosley? My goodness. Yeah. Just putting putting her head in, in my lap. There we go. Poor she's a dog. she's a cuddly little pooch. <laughs> I know. Poor views dog. Uh, but yeah, it's about this guy who like mismanages a company. I'm not that guy. It's a different actor. But I was working crew for that mostly. But then in since basically the show is about a different employees getting called into this guy's office and then he's like reprimanding them for something and then he ends up firing every single person by the end of the episode. So I get to be one of these people who gets fired for no good reason. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm a speech writer and uh, <laughs> I'm talking about a speech. Another speech writer comes by and I find out the speech writer is writing speeches for a CFO who is actually dead and, <laughs> and not at the company anymore. And I have a lot of questions about that. This is very office space-esque. Yeah, it's it's is it's it, totally in that, that vein. It's totally in that vein. That's and awesome. The guy that plays the – his name is Medwin. Can't talk more about it other than that. But That's the, the character's that plays, name? Yeah. It's like Edwin with an M at the beginning. That's <laughs> but – that character and the actor, uh, he is super funny. Is he the bald? Was he bald? No, no. He's uh, he's the other guy. He's okay. the guy with like the chair. He's hysterical. Awesome. I've worked with him on a couple of other projects, um, web series for my buddy Alex, who does really weird stuff. Well Dang Productions. You can check him out and all of his crazy stuff. If you want to see some weird, weird comedy, uh, Ape Zone. And Ape? yeah, Ape like, Zone. Like the monkey. That's right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, that's season one of a little weird web series where 10 strangers, ostensibly in the 90s, wake up in a, a kill room where they're being held by a guy in a gorilla suit. And then one by one, every episode, a person gets picked off and they die. So you could say that being fired and killed are similar structures, I suppose. I <laughs> Jesus. But... Uh, Season one and two. Season one is Ape Zone. Season two is Nick Zone. And I play the killer in both of those. You never see my face, but I'm the gorilla and I'm Nixon. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, long, long roundabout uh, explanation of that. Damn. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's that. That's I've been working on that like weekends for the past month or so. And then studying up for a bunch of self-tapes that I've gotten the opportunity to do recently. This emo thing where I'm getting to... Uh, <laughs> I get to dress up kind of like I, I did for a little while in life and uh, be a huge asshole who maybe kills people. I don't know yet. It's very, it's very vague. So in much the, typecasting. It's very vague in the description I got. That's awesome. <laughs> but I don't know. It should be interesting at the very least. Uh, I got to do one also, uh, which I really hope I get for a Western. Right before I Ooh. shaved, I did it. So. Oh, nice. Of Hopefully course. they're like, oh, yeah, you're in. And then I'm like, well, give me a month. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say emo, like, like I'm ignorant. Emo, that's uh, not a facial, not many bearded no, emos. Not, not, not crazy. Like, you, I mean, you could be a bearded emo, but usually it's not. They don't go hand in hand. Yeah, okay. It's usually you're pretty clean shaven Very close ignorant to in this, it. In this, in this, you, uh, got the, you got the eyeliner. You got the straightened hair. And okay. It's usually dyed black or so something. So what is the, we're not mocking uh, whatever. 
disclaimer, like disclaimer. Punk band goth what is the scene. trend of skinny jeans and beards? What is that? Cliched uh, as categorized I as I don't know. I think that's te- I think technically that would be the hipster appeal. Hipster, hipster okay, look, yeah, yeah, like know? Silver Lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh well, you know, you're not a hipster. It's like, oh, I'm not a hipster. Well, by saying you're not a hipster, you're a hipster. Yada yada. I'm anti-establishment, bullshit. but I work in the establishment. Yeah, exactly. So okay, I got gotcha. you. Know, it's all bullshit, but this who cares? Is, we're here to edu- <laughs> educate and entertain. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, hey, you know what? Still, I like I like to think that even so far, this is still better than our first two because uh, those are train wrecks. <laughs> I, I'm su- I'm surprised we still have those up because they are train. They were wrecks. beautiful train wrecks. That's oh, why I like them up. We got um pretty lit up on. Which episode was that? One and two. <laughs> one and two. Yeah. One is the one. Yeah. We don't need to go back into that. That was beautiful. Uh, general updates for you, sir. Yes. I, I, I was like, just trying to look at the uh, yeah. the podcast webpage and try to remember which one where we're actually glad that we can attribute which episode to go. Oh, we actually needed we got... proof of life from Scott. We're like, that could be the episode that will be like at his funeral. <laughs> we actually we we lost uh, track of Scott for a hot minute there, and people were concerned with his death. Yeah, um, yeah, I got way too wasted, and then uh, convinced everyone that I was perfectly fine <laughs> to ride my bike home, which I definitely was not. Uh, I I know I got on a bus at one point. I tried to put my bike on the bus, and then I had to throw up, so I got off the bus. Uh, and when I got off the bus, I threw up in the gutter and realized I fell asleep on the bus and was somewhere downtown and I didn't know where I was. It was a real adventure of a night, you could say. And to defend, to defend Scott, Jesus, that story still brings me to tears. <laughs> to defend Scott for those who don't know him personally, that's not him. He is not the, uh, the, uh, irresponsible, I mean, we all like to drink and, you know, Lose it a little bit, but that's not Scott's uh, typical ninety nine percent mo. Oh God, no! So that's no. why it's more funny, is because it's it's not necessarily in his wheelhouse to be quote unquote <laughs> that guy. So to hear that story is why the entertainment value is there, you know. But because he didn't die, it's funny. But we were concerned with uh, a loss of life that day. <laughs> like, See, my 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 rookie mistake was that I fell asleep. You know, well, and in various locations. Yeah, well, in and, various okay, locations. Yeah, like, okay, like if you don't live in a city where you're constantly taking a bus or some sort of mass transit, falling asleep doesn't have as many consequences as as it did for Scott because he chose yep. to make the rookie mistake of falling asleep on public transportation. Yep. So then, when you wake up, you don't know where you're at on the bus line. You don't know what stop you need. Oh to yeah, double edged sword. Didn't know where I was or how long I'd been on that bus in the first place. I had no fucking clue. And then on top of that, I fell asleep. So you know, you get super wasted. You fall asleep. Loss of time, and your body's like, hey, guess what? You're going to get sick now because you didn't stay awake long enough to metabolize half the shit you drank. <laughs> it's a fun little adventure. <laughs> Here it comes, buddy. Oh, what's that? This you to- apparently ate pizza. <laughs> Where did I eat sushi? Oh, my this God. Needs to be a, uh, that needs to be some sort of web series. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go to my updates. Yeah, I can't yeah. even remotely compete with that. Ah, come um, on. A lot of them... Uh, as you have already picked up, or, or for anybody that's curious and new, and I would imagine, and this sounds slightly arrogant, we might be getting a lot of new listeners because of another podcast I did. So um, you're, this is definitely a word you might be new to us, but obviously Scott and I are basically trying to make a living in this crazy city of Hollywood, so that's why you're here to talk about auditions, etc. Um, 
I'm fortunate in all those scraping by. I barely pay the bills doing it, so I'm very lucky that that's all I do. And it's been dry. Like it's it's that's a lot of people. Uh, Scott knows this is you'll have like these peak months and these and these dry months and then oh, like yeah. chaos months, which are you know it's always a good chaos, but it's been uh, weird because I've had. There's one thing you do in, for those of you who don't know, a lot of people on the podcast I did the other day with uh, Skillset Magazine, there's a lot of revelations that I take for granted that a lot of non-industry people don't know and where they were genuinely intrigued by. So I'll just kind of drop, we can actually have this be a segment, Pearls of Wisdom that people don't know about Hollywood. I'm taking notes here. There you go. Pearls Hollywood. You got Pearls of Wisdom. <laughs> um. One of them is that Hollywood and I think acting or entertainment or art careers in art, you have to, there's a, there's this weird escalation of valuing, I don't know how to word this, giving yourself a certain amount of value. So when you first start, you're willing to devalue your services, so to speak. Because A, you like your job, you like acting, so you're going to take the less paying or even free work, which, you know, because the thing is, I think Scott would agree, I love acting. Oh, Paying yeah. the bills is is a need, but it's not, I mean, you know, it's, it's cliche, but I'd like to not have to worry about that being why I do it. But so when you first start out, you'll devalue yourself. And then as you escalate, uh, you have to add value to what you do because um, you, if you want to make a living off of it, you kind of have to you kind of have to gamble your value. Yep. And I'm at this weird point in my career where, where, uh, I've made a stand with my agents and manager, uh, where I only uh, sounds so pompous, but it's just part of the business. It's not an arrogance thing, but you have to make a decision on like what type of roles you'll look at. Um, even, you know, not necessarily the agents and managers, they definitely will put a a line in the sand as far as like a pay rate. Like they'll be like, no, anything under X, we're not even going to look at. Yep. So they're a little bit more, black and white on it. I I'll look at stuff. And if it's a quote unquote lower paying job, I'll look at it because I like the script or it looks fun because at the end of the day, I just want to play pretend. Excuse oh, yeah, me. Exactly. So, <clears throat> so there's that, that growth. And, but as a result, when you make that first, when you make those little baby steps of self valuing, um, you might actually lose work. <laughs> yeah. So we made this recently, maybe within the last four or five ish months, we made this, okay, we're not going to look at X type of roles or less. And in film and television, there's, there's like tiers of roles, TV and film, all the guys that are on, like, let's just use friends. The main cast, they're regulars. So yep. they're always there. Then there's reoccurring roles, which would be maybe, who'd be an example of recurring on, on a show? Uh, brain farting here. Like a recurring guest. Yeah. Like Tom Selleck could be reoccurring when yeah, he was no, on there. Definitely, like he had, definitely he, that he might be, be there role. for a handful of episodes and poke in here and there. Yeah. Um, and then there's like guest stars and Anybody they might kind of comes through the show, like not all the time, yeah. but on a semi-regular yeah. basis. And then as you work your way down, there's guest stars, which really there's, to me, there's not much of a difference between a guest star and a co-star. Uh, they get paid differently. Um, they get True. called something different, but guest star is quote unquote higher than a co-star. Um, and then the co-star and then down below that is like extras and background, etc. So anyway, we made a step and where I'm going with all this is we made a very distinct step that is costing, <laughs> that really limits how busy I am. So it's like, oh, I'm taking a stand. Oh, I'm only taking big roles. Cricket. 
Cricket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is my email connected? Is my Wi-Fi connected? What's wrong here? So anyway, but where I was going with all that, there's some education for y'all. Um, I got two pretty, three pretty damn good, huge auditions in the last couple of weeks that were like, holy hell, you will have to move to New York to make this TV show, or holy hell, you have to move to Canada to make this movie. Um, and another one I think was in Louisiana. Oh, man. So they're huge, but the catch is, like I said, the catch with that hugeness comes the the odds of getting it decreasing because they'll want huge names. Yeah. So it's a huge balancing act. So it's like the fact you got the opportunity is huge because that's the other thing a lot of people, Scott and I totally know this intimately, is that people are like, oh, you should totally be on Vikings or Sky. You should totally be on Modern Family. Yeah, cool. totally. Totally. Let me get right on yeah, that. Yeah, where's that phone number? So, Let me just walk into the office yeah. and be like, hey, everybody says I should be yeah. on this show. <laughs> My Aunt Sally says I should be on Vikings. Will you guys put me on the show now? <laughs> oh, that's so, not how this works? Yeah. Oh, that's right. So that's not how it works, unfortunately. So you're at the mercy of that, and then getting in those doors is really hard. There's not a general email that's sent out to every wannabe actor in L.A. Yeah, no. So you gotta, only like, certain people get notified about certain things and only – so it's a very unique system. But anyway, that was my update. Good God, we went off on a tangent on those two updates. No, that's okay. So like, huge updates, huge auditions. Nothing happened with them um, uh, that I've heard yet. Um, they were pretty dang. I'm trying to think. They weren't normal audition, normal roles, but they were all self tapes. Which Scott and I, when we keep saying the word self tape, it's um, basically you audition from home. Yeah. Um, and in the way the world, especially now that a lot of movies and TV shows are being made in other parts of the country. That's just the nature of the beast. You'll basically do a home video. Um, actually, Scott helped me on one of them, not yep. even being here. He sent me the lines via an audio file, and I edited them in to my uh, self-tape videos. So it's just the uh, nature of the beast. But, I even did that between takes on set. Yeah, exactly. That's the, <laughs> that's the world we live in. Is Scott was actually working on a movie, sent me uh, takes, and, or uh, sent me audio for my audition, so, and actually one of the auditions, that's what's cool is this is what, this is the, uh, if, if we're on the tonight show, this would be that story. I auditioned for a movie and the character off screen that Scott helped me audition for, he submitted to audition for that yep. character. Neither one of us heard, heard shit. So yeah. obviously <laughs> nothing happened, but that would have been badass. is, is that would be, that would be an awesome small world of Scott and I could actually work on the same big movie, um, using the characters we auditioned for. You know what, but, though? At the end of the day, if you really think about it, uh, whenever we we get whatever success, like we, we stumble upon, if we get any success, yeah. we already have a pretty weird sort of setup story because – True. I mean, we we got together on a little rinky-dink POS that, uh, that has never been seen, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, and, you know, that was fucking – yeah, was, years ago, yeah. uh, eight, eight, eight or nine years ago now. If yeah, good lord, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Scott hired me, or not Scott hired me. Some dude hired me, and I was in LA, I think, for a surgery. Is why I was in LA. I hadn't moved here, and Scott was a crew member, and I was some pretty boy banker character. No, nah, yeah, we were both. We were both. Oh yeah, characters. you were one of them too. Yeah, yeah and I got Aaron hired as the DP. Aaron was the DP? Yeah, yeah, I got Aaron hired as the DP for that one day that we were. <laughs> yeah, that thing. What, what a, a weird. Train wreck. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, that's that's how Scott and I met. 
<laughs> I'm pretty shady. sure we probably like loosely retell that story every podcast, yeah. but we do it way faster every time. So, you know, it's fine. We're, people are like, wait, we're missing a lot of details. Here. I know. They're we like, met, we know. We, we know this somewhere. already. The people who are listening are like, guys, we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just get on with it. Um, so that's kind of our uh, that's that's our update business career stuff. Uh, uh, the only other thing besides that is um, I, I've written a, I've written a few scripts and we're oh, we're trying yeah. to make one. Yes. we're trying to make one. Uh, hopefully, at the tail end of this year, uh, we're starting to put the the work in for that. I we I've done location scouting last week actually. Do you want to say the name of it, or is there something you don't want to say? Uh, no, it's fine. Let's not say Protected. the name of it. Let's okay. not say the name this of it. This is the desert now. one, right? Yeah, the desert. That you're talking about. All right. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to nebulous conversation with Scott and Jeff. <laughs> we have a we have a thriller, uh, a thriller that takes place in the desert. Happens all in one night, and it's pretty. It's pre- It's 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 a ride. It's a bit of a ride, and we're we're hoping to get um, a name possibly yeah. attached to it. We're working on that, and we have a meeting well jeff has a meeting rather excuse me <laughs> jeff has a meeting set up this week so we can uh we'll see what happens we're yeah. you know we're we're optimistic it'd be a good get he's become a friend and but at the same time it won't uh take hardly any of his time so it'll be pretty cool very true very true uh yeah so that'll uh, be good that's the thing is is scott and i are, we're kind of both getting sick of being it's a weird catching way too we're both being sick of being at the mercy of other people but also you know, being at the mercy of other people, that includes they normally come with a budget. Yes. They have a lot of money to make a movie. So exactly. it's like, well, we want to play and make movies. So Scott's much better than I am because he can actually create and design and write scripts. I kind of just ride off that and then hopefully facilitate playing a character and or getting other people that help bring eyes to the project. But at the end of the day, if we're just a bunch of kids making a movie on a weekend, fuck it, so be it. That's what we'll do. Uh, exactly. <laughs> one way or another, like this is, uh, we're making this movie one way or another, and I think it's gonna be a good one. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun making it, and at the end of the day, it might even be something that we can, uh, we can get out there. Yeah. That people will actually like. Well, that's the weird thing is again going into the business, so to speak, is that uh, there's no rule or rhyme or reason. So you'll hear people make these movies and, and they just get noticed. And in this day of podcasts and social media and everything, you have no idea how it's going to get on whose radar in some weird way. And they'll either buy it straight up and release it buy the idea and redo it themselves with famous people buy the idea and redo it with you. I mean, the perfect classic example that I still always use is Rocky is, you yeah. know, he, he brought the script to, I want to say it might've been MGM originally. I can't remember, but whatever studio he brought it to, obviously they wanted to cast, I think Marlon Brando, uh, no, uh, shoot. Who was the guy they wanted to cast? I can't remember, but they wanted to cast a name at the time and Stallone stood his ground and was like, no, only if, only if you use me, will I give you the, the rights to this film? And obviously that worked out pretty well for him, but you know, that's the gamble. So, yeah. and then that's a, a funny insight into that is like, for example, Scott and I just last night, I was listening to a podcast and Kevin Smith always comes up and I always bring him up because of my podcast man crush on him. And I was listening to a podcast he does. And he had guests. Did you listen to it? Uh, yeah, I finished it at 2 a.m. Awesome, yeah. He had two guests on that are involved in the Marvel and all the Marvel movies and all these things. And they're on kind of the writers. And if, unless you're a super nerd, you don't know who they are, but you know their work. And via a random comment that they made in the podcast, I was like, oh, shit, Google this. They actually are doing this. And now I have a way to talk to them because of just some offhand comment they made in a podcast and a quick Google search. It, there's a little not totally well-known thing. This is getting very nebulous, I know. 
It's fine. But it's because of this social media we can do that now, and Scott and I are going to try to get a meeting. And because Scott is is I'm not guessing his ass here. He dude can write. Oh, thanks, you know, we <laughs> we have I I'll uh, we'll hopefully have upwards of three to four upwards of maybe five projects that Scott has written that we can go. Hey, okay, you don't like that one? Next, here's another one we have an offer. You know, so we're not just you know uh, one hit wonders. So it's shit like that that you never know, and that's what's also it's a blessing and a frustration and, and at the same time is because there's billions of ways this things this shit can work and billions of ways it can't. So you never really know the formula for success, Honestly, which gives you hope. And depression. It's like people say, you know, it's all about who you know and it's about connections. While that is is, true, I mean, it's also a shit ton of hard work and frankly, fucking dumb luck. Like sometimes it's just a random chance or a random connection to a person that gets you, oh, they happen to know so-and-so and and next thing you know, you have a meeting with an important person. Yeah, the days, that's, yeah, the days of, because it is so available, it's, it's, the odds are now even more random. The, the, the checkpoints or the gates are less, they're so out there that there's pretty much anything is possible. And so it takes, no, it takes a lot of very specific things to fall into place that you might not even be aware of to actually have it happen. Um, you know, I'll just like using without dropping his name, the, the gentleman who we're going to try to get on Scott's film, that movie to date is my biggest thing ever. Uh, I mean, it's the shit you see, like if you're a super movie nerd and you watch all the behind the like I love behind the scenes making of featurettes Same. and if you watch those things and you watch those and you're like, Oh my God, that's the coolest thing. And you know, your girl, or your friends are like, they're talking about how they made a door out of styrofoam. Why is that so cool? And I'm like, it's the best thing ever, you know? And it's like a $5,000 door, you know, just shit like that. And I remember being on set on this movie where they had this door. I broke shit on set because I thought it was real and it was all styrofoam. Yeah, yeah. So I'd lean on the wall and I'd break a pipe, you know, because it was a styrofoam pipe. And I was like, I've made it, you know, because movie it, magic. You know, I was like, oh, this is the first movie like that. And you realize, then that job, I'm giving value to it, is because of a guy who knew a guy who, when they were casting, they asked about a guy if they knew a guy that had looked like me. And that guy called a guy who called a guy who called a guy who said I should audition. The audition hadn't been released to the public, so to speak. So then I called my manager who called a guy who called a guy who called an agent to give me the audition. <laughs> and they're like, how'd you hear about this? It wasn't publicized. And I'm like, well, a guy who told a guy who told a guy. And I mean, sh- and I actually auditioned for the role, Kevin's job. Yeah. We actually auditioned for the opposite roles. And so uh, without giving the plot away, it worked out. That worked in my, be- in, on, it actually worked out better for me, to be honest with you. And they probably couldn't afford him to be in the whole movie. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, business career stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's 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 where we're at right now. That's uh, that's our <laughs> updates and all that. Um, I don't know. We we yeah. It's uh, we got uh, it's promising. The outlook is promising for the the immediate future, uh, and that's that's great. You know, we we're doing all we can do basically to keep moving and pushing. Well, I think, and that's I'm I'm looking at the internet here and made me think of this while you said that is one of the things a lot. Here's for the that should be a section for like. Uh, Tips and tricks for Hollywood wannabes. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> writing that That's down. a good idea. Um, a little thing I would mention. I'm right. I got to write that. I'll forget. Tips and tricks. Tips and tits. That's tips exactly what I wrote. Yep. That's <laughs> that's what we need. <laughs> is that the thing is, is you've got to keep practicing. People that move to L.A. and just have a resume with one indie film, it's not going to cut it. You yeah. You don't have. I say this loosely because at the end of the day, I'm probably going to just be only in action movies for a good chunk of my career. 
talent isn't as much of the thing. Like if you have a work ethic, they can create an illusion of talent, but you still can't show up and have a resume with nothing on it. Right. So you have to constantly be practicing. Even if you're, I mean, even if you're a crappy basketball player, if you go out and shoot hoops every week, at least you're trying, you know, so you have to constantly be doing something. So anyway, if you can't afford classes, you know, that sucks because at the end of the day, you still do need education. But going out and making movies with your friends, working crew on movies, yep. you constantly are educating yourself. And so that's the thing is you got to con- – it's frustrating because sometimes that doesn't lead to any you know money for food on table. True but story. But you got to constantly be working. And so with Scott writing scripts, that's at least where he's better at me and and most in that he actually has another medium to practice his craft. So I mean with anything, it's a, anything that you want to be good at or professional at, at the very least, you yeah. should be practicing – if not daily, like yeah. very yeah. regular. Hollywood is one of those few things where people are, they see the overnight successes and assume that that's how yeah. to do it or the norm or the hope for them, which oh, in reality, man. they're that that's the statistical fluke. People have no idea how literally how much work it actually yeah. takes. Yeah. Like, and you know, to be fair, there are people who get in just by, like I said, Dumb luck, yeah. random chance. They just happen to get an opportunity, and then they well, take I want to even say like I was know? watching. I went on a Tom Cruise kick the other week. I want to say what was his first movie? Stripes, maybe. If not that, before what was the movie? The famous movie where he slides in on his feet. Oh, Risky Business. Okay, that was the one that broke him. But I think the thing that got him on that was a show, a TV, a movie called Stripes. And before that, I think he dabbled in acting education in high school and at yeah. some conservatory college thing, but. Not that I'm not saying he didn't put his time in. I'm not. But his success is disproportionate from what he put in. Right. It, it all worked out in his favor, obviously. However, you still hear about him. I know, like, Will Smith still has an acting coach. Um, other people yeah. have acting coaches. So they, if they're an overnight success, that some of them, they just roll with it, and it works for their career, uh, which is great, and I'm jealous. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like, all the all the best – sort of actors and performers out there like through history and even now especially if you actually pay attention they're people who they take it seriously and yeah. in their downtime even if they are successful are still working yeah. on their craft they're still yeah. they still have coaches or they still have like a, a teacher or they still have a class they regularly take or something yeah you know they have something to keep them engaged and keep trying to work on it because i firmly believe and this is not just with acting it's with literally anything um, if, if you think you like, oh, I have nothing left to learn about something. Yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. There's always That's something left job. to learn. You should always be trying to be better at whatever yeah. you are. Doctors into. have to yearly renew their licenses and go through all new sorts of retraining. Why, why shouldn't actors yeah. and performers? There, there's always going to be changes always. And if you are so ignorant or naive to think that you are above that and you don't need to practice or you don't need to learn or you don't need to try something new you're insane (laughs) you're never going to be a master at your craft because a true master knows there's always more to learn yeah but if you're busy like mega blockbuster actors year in and year out yep and they're making a career out of doing the same thing over and over again power to them (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's they don't that's have its own either. thing. If yeah. you if you get typecast doing a thing that you're really good at, you just get really really good at doing that one thing, you know. But you still got to flex the other muscles, otherwise you're gonna get stuck in that groove, which is fine if that's all you want to be or do. Yeah. But if you want to do something more, then obviously you got to do more work. Catch twenty two. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Moving on. We got it. 
Uh, well, we uh, we can do current pop events. culture, current yeah. events. Well, here's one. I don't. Well, I feel. That, well, I guess we should be movie centric because we're yeah, want to be movie guys. My nemesis. I Uh-oh. just found this while we were talking. Uh-oh. Walking Dead. John Bernthal to return in Uh-oh. season nine. You see this shit? Season nine. Yeah. How? The Punisher star will reprise his role as Shane just in time for Andrew Lincoln exit. So spoilers. From here on out, if you still, for some reason, haven't watched anything on The Walking Dead, uh, Shane died. Like, he was a zombie, and they killed him. The end of season two, Rick kills him, he turns into a zombie, and then Carl shoots him in the fucking head. (laughs) So, here... (laughs) This is more of an overwhelming thing, too, is also one interesting thing with movies. I guess that could be the, the, the umbrella topic, is shows that need to end on a high note oh my god you know like there's the proverbial thing is is what season's out now eight on walking dead yeah eight so i'm about a season behind and i was getting i think i think a lot of walking dead fans just not to pick on walking dead are are getting walking dead uh exhaustion oh man i'm so (laughs) scott's a little so i'm way more forgiving than scott is on this one too I'm sobered out. I fucking like. I was one of the the champions of the show. Like people like hated The Walking Dead for such a long time because the seasons are slow. And I'm like, you know what? I can't even argue with you. Some of the seasons are really slow. Yeah. So much so that just so I could have friends watching it, <laughs> I gave them a machete list of what to watch. Like watch <laughs> these episodes. Don't watch these episodes. Here's all you need to know that happened in the episodes yeah. I told you not to watch. Yeah. And just watch those ones. <laughs> And in doing so, I did get friends to see, oh, Go no, for okay, it, yeah. there's, there's some cool shit. They, they did start doing some really cool, interesting stuff with the show. And as a fan, I was excited, especially because in these later seasons, they've been getting closer and closer and closer to the comic book. But Should they as with anything, <laughs> yeah, as with anything, if you're going to adapt a material, you have to – obviously make choices and it, earlier on in the show they did and fans were upset about it and it's like okay i get it i get why you're upset but get over it you know <laughs> it's just like with star wars fans get upset about like oh you're changing it it's not star wars and fuck you okay star wars isn't yours it doesn't belong to you okay <laughs> get over it new generation new star wars deal with it anyway um well because like what's a good example of a show that like um seinfeld did it get burnt out yeah, yeah, it's, it? It's, it lost steam. You yeah, know? and people were like, "It wasn't that it wasn't funny. It's it's still like it's still Seinfeld. It just what's a good show that ended on a high note that made everybody like the ideal scenario would probably be leaving where everybody wants more, but they also knew to call it good. You know, I'm trying to think of like a perfect example of a show for that because even some of the best ones you could arguably say went too long, mm-hmm. like Lost. I, love I was going to say Lost, but that show went too long. They went way off the fucking rails too. Like <laughs> time like, travel. Let's be, yeah, let's be real. They never really quite resolved it in a way that was satisfying. I'm a massive lost fan, and even then, I was like, oh, yeah, you're like, you guys. Uh, what? I love um, Lost. Oh my god, I've rewatched I that series. I think I'm upwards of four or five times now. I don't. Yeah, I, it's it's tough to it's tough to really know like um, what what shows I'm I would have been like. As far yeah, as TV I can't show series. Because I've been so I can think far of behind. plenty of shows that had finales that I was like, yeah, that was that was satisfying enough. Yeah, it wasn't the best, but whatever. Like but. even the leg, the legends, like X Files. You know, like that had a weird inertia. Yeah, 
that when it ended, it ended, but it never, it kind of never, they kept picking at the scab, making movies, reboots, and bring backs. And I think that's the plague of shows, though, is, uh, you know, they get ahead of themselves, I feel like. They, nothing is ever really good every season. It's yeah. just not. Yeah. You can't consistently make something that's just glorious. And if you do, you can only do it for a short amount of time. Yeah. Like, three or four seasons, I think, is the sweet spot for most shows. Yeah. Exa- well, that's, yeah, exactly. And that's the one thing bringing it back to like Hollywood business is now with streaming and everything is back in the day you could, uh, you know, you take a season to kind of get the, the barometer of how the show is going to do now, because things are almost instant. They, they can almost know on the first viewing of the pilot, like not nope, scratch it. Yep. You know, they're, yep. and it's, it's good and bad because it allows a lot of content to have a chance. But at the same time, it, you know, some, what's a really good perfect example of a show that was like culture, like a kind of a cult following, but it took a while to get found. Um, kind of, I want to say Walking Dead. I'm brain, I'm completely brain farting on shows that 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 didn't get noticed until they were essentially canceled. Like they were found after the fact. Um, I'm completely brain farting, whatever. But anyway, so that's I, I'm at a loss. I can't read this article. I don't know how they're going to bring it back. Yeah, I. It's probably going to be some kind of dream sequence or flashback or something because there's literally no way they could bring back. John Bernthal's character, unless it's some bullshit evil twin thing. And then at that point, you've officially become a soap opera. <laughs> so just end the show. Like, yeah, and then with What's-His-Butt leaving, I wonder oh my God. I wonder if he's just going, okay, this is too much. Um, Are you caught up with the show? No. So, yeah, okay. I can't keep then, talking. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I could, I could say some yeah, stuff, fuck. but I'm not going to. And I want to watch The Punisher so bad. Because I've heard good things, but just out of sheer anger. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not terrible. I enjoyed quite a lot of the I John Bernthal Punisher show when he had his own. Like when it's got it did something different that it, I didn't expect it to do. It kind of did loosely something similar to what me and Jeff were planning. Damn it! That's so, almost worse. Yeah, exactly. Scott, I have a it's huge like, so, hard on for a Punisher movie. I have it as the actor. Scott has it as everything else: writer, director, concept, developer. I've always liked the Punisher, but when they gave us the Thomas Jane Punisher, which frankly is still my favorite, I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> like, even though it was melodramatic as fuck, and John Travolta was arguably terrible, uh, I thought as far as being the Punisher, he did a pretty decent job. Yeah, you know, he he, he brought like a good. He brought like an actual heart to that character that wasn't really yeah. in the movies ever before. Because I mean, the only one before that was the Dolph Lundgren one, and you. I haven't you know, seen that since I, for years. I probably need to rewatch it just out of sheer pain. Yeah, and then like the one after that, the Ray Winstone one. I think that's who played him. Maybe he's a different yeah. actor, but yeah. whoever played him, um, the violence of that one was was like it was on point. point exactly, fuck, but like <laughs> the story and the characters were just like, Ugh. yeah. And that was the thing is that that was and it, those were it's a Marvel property and those were right. released by Marvel right I think they just, so I don't think they just had their those might have their been Fox releases too they didn't have their footing yet for yeah. their uh, recipe for brilliant comic book success right and had Deadpool come out they probably could have done better with that because then they could come they could combine violence and language and no realize kidding. it could be a comic book movie but uh, I finally finished Punisher Max. It's good, right? Um, that needs to be a movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's kind of like uh, Punisher Max, the graphic novel for anybody who knows it or has, or has read it. That's kind of where we were structuring our 
uh, our Punisher series. Yeah. And, it was, and that combined kind of with like some of the, the welcome back Frank story and some of the microchip stories in some of the later comics. Um, yeah, that, that is a graphic, graphic book. Oh man. Yeah. And I, and I uh, they did a lot of similar things in the, the, the Netflix version of the did show. He, did he shoot you know? himself through the shoulder? You know what uh, I'm talking about in, in Max. Oh, uh, Electra has him. Yeah, I think that's how he kills. Spoiler: That's how he kills Electra. Yeah, she has him in like a head. Like, this uh, this is my comic gasm moment of comic book nerdery. Electra, uh, for those of you who don't know, that she actually lives in Punisher's universe, not just Daredevils and 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 uh, the Ben Affleck world. Yep, <laughs> she has him in some sort of headlock from behind, and she, he's getting his ass kicked. Um, this this comic book actually shows him like in massive traction after one beating he takes like all his arms are broken and um and because of in the headlock he's in he actually shoots himself through the shoulder to shoot her in the chest yep i screamed i was ecstatic about the brilliance of that <laughs> so yeah he uh he will he will go that extra mile to Jeez, get his love his his target yeah i love that because a little Secret of life. I take Ambien because I can't sleep for shit. My brain does not turn off. Reading that on Ambien yep. was trippy. It was terrifying because <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Electra's dead. <laughs> Jennifer Garner. <laughs> oh, man. That's um, so funny. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. like I said, it, we 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 were working on a Punisher thing before the Punisher show. We were going to – it was kind of like a race thing. There was – yeah. And realistically, we, there was no way we probably were going to beat no. the other people to well, the Well, and I think line. in our defense, it was the inertia had yet to kick off um cuz they'd just done Daredevil. Yeah. And I think they were surprised at the results and we were just on the backside of that wave of inertia where holy shit anything's possible on Netflix with Marvel. Yep. And they just budgetarily obviously beat us to it but and it was all about budget connections and names and networks and producers and all these things that they had just kind of had an idea so i mean we 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 were we were losing from the start we we were we were working on like a proof of concept thing we even we even actually we even actually tried to talk to dolph lundgren to get him involved with it as like a a cameo yeah i mean at the end of the day you need a gimmick and it would have been cool oh and i still i I don't want to reveal this because i still am sticking to this is how we'll do it when one of us gets the whatever clout yeah <laughs> to to do the um our princess bride theory oh so yeah 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 that, i was like they have to do the princess bride thing that's uh, this is a purely boring part of the podcast because i'm not going to say more than that so you guys don't know what i'm talking about but you can speculate wildly yes ah by all God, now i'm on got back on oh yeah <laughs> anyway, there's Damn it. Me and Jeff, there's a lot a lot of stuff that we want to do and we actually have frankly a fairly deep well of shit that we could do as far as projects are concerned at this point. It's it's just purely money and connections. It's not a cop out, but it's a fact, but I mean, going on to later in our little uh, outline of topics is that's kind of where it comes into. There are producers and writers that get it and they've made it and then they can hand it off to poor little starving newbies like us. But (sighs) Yeah. One of them are the 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 geniuses, like I mentioned earlier, behind uh, the Infinity. I think they're a billion dollars. Infinity War, two billion mark, two billion, two Jeez. billion dollar mark. I would watch that again in a theater alone, and I didn't flinch about doing it. I I will watch that. Constantly. I've seen I've seen it a few times. I've God seen it a few times. Good. And um, Deadpool too. Scott and I went to see that. Oh yeah, we did. We we did see that. Damn good, and not really, not 
They're not Marl. I know. Kevin Feige, know. is that how you say his last name? Feige. He's crushing it. He's not. Well, it's funny because the podcast Scott and I are listening to is, yeah. I just picture him like like leading in going, do this. And then they're like, oh, we got to make this happen now. Yep. You know, and it sounds like, well, um, did you see in, here's our speculation segment. <clears throat> they might have uh, an X-Men ownership coming up. I, yes. Like, did you hear the, t- the touch uh, I've, on that? I've been like, Cause he saw the writing on the wall with Spider-Man. <clears throat> I had my finger on the pulse of this for a while. Cause it's, yeah, he so, saw the writing on the wall with Spider-Man. And as soon as they had Spider-Man, I was like, okay, yeah, they, got, they just got <laughs> Spider-Man. That means we can't be crazy far away, especially with Deadpool mentioning Logan and all the timelines of the X-Men. Every time. Yeah. We can't be far away from having body the X-Men involved. Getting to see a, a, a Wolverine, although that's the cliche favorite, but to see a Wolverine crossover finally hey man, into the uni- Marvel universe. You want to talk speculation? <laughs> apparently, apparently Hugh Jackman was in full Wolverine regalia, like hair and makeup for, for on set for Avengers four. Oh, Apparently, seen on, on I don't know every... if it's a cameo. It's got to be just a cameo, but I don't know how involved that cameo is. God, that'd be amazing. We already got major the, news. The Hugh Jackman on cameo. set of Avengers Four. Yep, you just looked it up, didn't yeah. you? I told you. God, yeah, and I, I've been, I've been posting this online, so it's not too much of a secret for anybody that possibly stalks me. I've been on a comic book kick. I've actually, in the course of a week, rewatched the same Captain America a couple times, and. God, would you imagine in a world we live in where these movies are these are movies? Yeah, it just blows my mind. You like years ago, this would not have been a thing. Uh, yeah, I just comic book movies you can't fail. And I just finally finally saw Black Panther. I was like, well done. It's, it's good, not my right? cup of tea. Yeah, I dug it, but it, it, I don't know why. And I, I'm I don't I don't know why. I don't I like the ones that are interacting in like on like uh, American soil, not in a. American power sense, but like, I don't know, soil I can relate to. Like, not a fantastical <laughs> world. Like, the X-Men's I don't like are the ones that take place in the future, but the X-Men movies that take place in, like, a world I can relate to, I dig. Oh, okay. So, like, that's where I got lost in Infinity War when, when battles take place in space. It doesn't feel like, oh, it, it, it's less tangible to me. That's what I mean. So, like, Wakanda isn't a real world. Okay, but I like okay. how it was settled so you're within... Saying- you like Geo, ge, like literally geographical the geographic so realism. like the one that took place in New York I dug because I'm like oh it's a crossover to a real existing world and that's just like my simple brain so like Metropolis isn't a real city so to me I'm like, I get lost a little bit but when they okay I get it you're, so it, it's like wrapping your head around it's when like they make it a real world yeah that I can relate to I'm like oh my god the Hulk is in New York right versus okay Batman in Gotham right Gotham it's is a, a real city uh, it's 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 difference between like oh this is this character exists in a world and in a place that i have actually been to yeah or can be to, to. exactly yeah and even when they had batman in one of the christian bale ones go to like europe yeah or not europe uh, somewhere in asia i can't remember where i was dug i dug i was like oh my god batman's in, in asia right, <laughs> right. He's, he's stealing asian people <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's for some sort of like uh kidnapping trade oh god oh my god i just saw the footage of hugh jackman on ah anyway sorry i'm <laughs> just Having, having a nerd nerd oh, out yeah. over here. And, yeah, good dude. What was it, 16 years as Wolverine? Something absurd like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it's 17, I think, actually. Almost half of my life he spent as Wolverine, <laughs> and his career is still going. 
Okay. Wild as hell. Move on. Movie. Moving on. We called this movie design. Yes, movie design and interaction. Uh, we love movies, obviously. We mostly talk about movies and our lives of revolving around movies. What movies, if you listen and care, do you like? What what kind of movies are you into? Or what, what movies would you recommend we see? Uh, me and Jeff both try to see as much as we can but i know for a fact we both don't get to the movies as often as we would really like to uh, i even have a movie pass and i still don't get to the movies as often the as reason i would I, yeah. really like to uh, well, i've actually made a vow and this is where i'm kind of excusing it just maybe it's a justification of my couch sitting i've been doing in the evenings but to watch movies nightly uh if not an entire movie the problem is, is you got to exercise discipline which i haven't had lately so I think last night, I'm really not exaggerating, I watched Thor, Dark World, uh, Black Panther, and Guardians. So wow. Like six hours of yeah, movies. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and the extras. Woo! Like tons of extra features. My goodness. So yeah, waking up this morning didn't go well. Um, so that's that's where discipline needs to be exercised. But um, I th- what were we even saying? I just lost it as far as... Movie recommendations, yeah. Yeah, like that's the thing. I, I can't... Kevin Smith brought up a couple of good ones that were mind-boggling as far you know, I think it was in that same podcast, like the guy that Mark, Mark something, I don't want to say, not Mark Marin, whoever his co-host is on that show, that guy has some genius ideas when he comes up with ideas for movies. Um, but like if we had un, unfettered budget, un, right. just a deep well of, of free money, like I can't, I would want a Western and like not even, like I would, Scott wrote a Western I would kill to see. You know, but like I would to love bring to back it. a Western. But if I had all the money in the world, and this is just this is very, very, very biased. I in the world of remakes and all that shit, I would want to make remake the John Wayne Green Berets. I oh want, yeah, I would want that, that would remade. Be a fun one to make, totally remade, and it would be a good one. It would be one where I'm like the purists would go. Even I think there are movies that need to be remade where the purists go. Okay, I get that remake. Whereas then there's a remake that like wait didn't they just make that two years ago? Yeah, those are absurd. But the ones that have gone through the massive amounts of time, you know, like, again, John Wayne made a movie called The Green Berets. I was a Green Beret in the military. Uh, what year was that? Was it was 50s, 60s? I think that was, yeah. It might have so been earlier than it's that. okay that that gets remade. And with technology and, you know, and just sheerly because I think a lot of times, particularly military movies or even actually cops and fire movie, firefighter movies, those are awesome because it kind of, A, they're entertaining, but B, if done right without becoming some sort of like lecture, they give a kind of a reveal as to the things these people do that kind of deserve like a little pat on the back. 1968. Damn. So there you go. That would be my remake or my movie I'd like to see redone. You know, because in the world, uh, Ken Smith even has a segment called uh, No Thanks, We Already Got One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already got one of those, but, you know, that one's not bad. That one I would wouldn't mind seeing I could, I could i could live with a green berets uh remake as yeah. long as it was uh you know paid attention to and done well yeah i'd be curious i'd want to have it done obviously yeah. i'd play the lead well, <laughs> scott scott and i would be in it scott would direct no well i don't know if we need a name peter berg would be awesome peter berg He'd would be, be a great directing choice for that i know an individual that normally sits in the chair you're sitting in that has his phone number brad bird would be a good one too that was weird because I started Googling him on my mission, my Tom Cruise kick a week ago. Uh-huh. I didn't realize he was a director of a Mission Impossible. And before that, yep. it was Ratatouille. Uh-huh. Like this director, that's the thing. There's a perfect example of a dude. All he directed were cartoons. I'm not knocking that process. 
But he's like directing cartoons. Uh, Ratatouille, I think, was right before Mission Impossible. So that's the movie with a rat and Patton Oswalt voicing the lead character. And some freaking how he gets the chance to direct one of the I, one of the most intense at the times Mission Impossibles yep. ever. And I, I was at a loss. Like I, I don't. I want to truly know what happened behind closed doors for that thing because I get like this. This is going somewhere. I did a fitness photo shoot and I hired a wedding photographer to do it because I was like, that is cool because it's, she's going to take a completely different look at fitness. Yeah. She has like, she's going to make it pretty and glamorous, not like hard and gross and oily and sweaty. And I was totally dug the results and I could see like a hybrid of a director, but to straight up go to a cartoon director and go now make one of the biggest, most heavy, intense action sequenced movie uh franchise is ever yeah you're the director of this and it was all over the world too like i went crazy on the behind the scenes features like they went all over the world to shoot this thing and this guy i have not directed but i would only be sitting there going what the fuck am i doing the other the last thing i directed i sat in a building and looked at cartoons and and directed and how do you direct cartoons i don't get that but well but brad bird now that he's done it i'd be like that'd be interesting because he's got a pure, it's almost maybe that's why. Because he had a completely clean slate. He had no film style, so yeah. that might have been the appeal. Well, because I mean, Brad Bird is—he uh, directed. You know, he's got uh, Iron Giant, Incredible, The Incredibles, Incredibles. yeah, uh, Ratatouille, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, Tomorrowland, Incredibles Two, which just came just out. Just came out and is crushing. Uh, you know, he's he's done some cool stuff, and then. From the writing standpoint, he's written a lot of like he wrote most of those, yeah, most of the ones he's directed, and then he's it's written on a lot of other stuff too. I mean, I gotta give him credit. When I was watching a little known, I guess uh, I think what Mission Impossible does, I think now that Tom Cruise pretty much says what's going to happen, they get a new director every time. Like, yeah. I don't think they've ever repeated a director, so that's why you get very distinct, like you know, John Woo and a bunch of pigeons, and then. No, no, Brad Bird, his was pretty much grounded in reality, but yeah, new look, new style kind of thing. I am jacked for the new Tom, the next one. I won't lie. Oh yeah, like, yeah, like the fight scene. It looks really the fight cool. scene they tease really with cool. um, what's his butt, Henry Cavill. Yeah, I'm just like that guy brought mustaches back and make looks badass. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll, I'll buy that. Although that fucked up all the Justice League. Oh my footage. god. Among other things. Oh yeah. However, okay, there's a fan group I follow on Instagram. Where they're uh, trying to like lobby for releasing the Snyder Cut, which like they've gone deep down like cr- um, crime scene investigation level detail of realizing based on posts in the past that the foot that they actually had an edited picture lock version before Wheaton Joss came on. So they're like they've like posted screenshots of stuff Snyder posted, or even over the shoulder shots of Snyder in the editing bay editing stuff and they've actually chronologically timelined it saying that it actually there is a Snyder cut that could be released that won't require Matt like could actually be cut together prior to Joss what can you imagine that like and and it's in the vein of uh, the Superman the Richard Donner cut Uh, and if they could make that happen I don't know they could salvage Justice League Uh, I don't know (laughs) I'm a blind optimist on Justice League salvation I want that to be salvaged. This is where we disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, I agree on most things. This is a painful one. We don't. I just, uh, I, I want Superman and Batman to have their day. But. Hey, look, I would love for Superman and Batman 
to have a great movie together. I would love for there to be an excellent Justice League movie that didn't blow dick. <laughs> but that's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I would love to have that, but I don't feel that we do. And I don't feel that even with a Snyder cut, we would. That is just how I feel. Okay, I, I'll di- I digressed us. What would, movie would you like to be seen? Would you like to be like to see what right? movie would I like to? I would like to see twelve forty six. So you know, yeah, fine. yeah. I'm I'm keeping an eye on it. I got a timer running over here. Okay, um, we're a little over, but it's fine. We, we'll, we'll be. We'll yeah, close we'll get there quick. Uh, basically, I would love to. Would see... you like to see a Walking Dead with John Bernthal coming back? God no, <laughs> okay. no. I don't. I don't Sorry, need that. No, just what would you like to that? see? Uh, I I kind of want to see. I love sci fi stuff, as you know. Um, I want to see way more sci-fi movies than we have been getting it, but I want I want to see stuff like I love tilting a genre on its head. So you know that's like half the appeal of a lot of really great ones, like uh, you know Firefly, Serenity. That's a sci-fi western, and well, I love a, yeah. that. Well, I was gonna say that's an example of a movie, a TV yeah. show. What was it called? Wasn't it called Firefly? Uh, the did. show was called Firefly, and yeah. the movie was called Serenity, and it was cut down and canceled but people loved it yeah exactly but it ended on a high note exactly Perfect it's one of those example. shows and uh do you think sci-fi movies are riskier is they are why? definitely riskier because they are they are much harder to pull off without it being like something you everybody already knows yeah. like star wars everybody's like oh it's star wars so they're gonna go see it even if they fucking hate it they're yeah. gonna go see it um and that's successful because you got a built-in audience yeah. but with most sci-fi movies especially when they're high concept that means you're going to be having a lot of competing ideas or a lot of different takes on what a futuristic style might be if that's if that's the way you're going or some kind of sci-fi element in the real world. And those are tricky because people people like different stuff. That's just the way it goes. Um, well, what would you say like – the instant I think a successful sci-fi – like franchises, I don't count those because those, like you said, have a built-in like success and right. audience. Like so Star Wars technically is sci-fi. And even then, it's kind of wavering, to be honest, because it's it's so it's been going so long. Yeah. But like to me, like the last major successful sci-fi would be like the Matrix trilogy. Yeah. Like, no. To me, like yeah, that was that's... that was the definition of sci-fi success. Called it good and done. And even now, though, I've heard they're looking at rebooting it. Oh, I hope they don't. <laughs> I really hope they don't. Yeah. Like if they if they would have to go a whole different route if they did. Like even if they did the other universes, like if you saw like the Matrix and uh, yeah the, the Animatrix like that, there was those some would cool be cool. Shit in those there. are side stories that could be done. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that to me that was the last successful major uh, sci-fi franchise that was big budget. Like right. there's, there's tons of sci-fi movies that just kind of released and went away because they're not money makers. Um, yeah, no, uh, sci-fi is tough. I love sci-fi. I would love to see more different, interesting, cool sci-fi movies. Scott um, wrote a sci-fi that we want made. Oh man. Jesus. That was, that would be great. Uh, I would love to see some cool new sci-fi shows and such. Um, that would be great. There's a, there's a few good ones now. Westerns. I do love Westerns. I would love to see like, I mean, Westworld, I guess, is a good sci-fi slash Western, yeah. which I, I do enjoy. Who would I think, have thought that would be a pitchable concept? Um, I get to see it. Season one is, is, is cool. Season two so far has been very interesting. I know a lot of people <laughs> think season two. I, I've had people say, they see, who thinks season two is better than season one? And people are like, it's not better. And I don't know. I think it's more interesting than season one. Um, especially episode eight of season two, which I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. That was, that was fucking gold. 
but again, that's that's an example of a genre tilted on its head. And I I love stuff like that. If you can have an original idea or do something cool and new, and Westworld is a remake, but they it, it's a perfect remake yeah. to have made because of technology and what we can do as opposed to what we had. True. You know? Um, I would love to see more stuff like that. What do you guys want to see? Like, what what kind of movie genres would you love to see uh, blended or mixed? Or what kind of movies would you want to see made? Yeah, what we'll do is if we can, if I can get my head out of my butt and get more consistent at this, uh, Scott and I basically the sound uh, email um, or you can even post on the links when I post it. But the biggest place you can actually post comments would be the Podbean where the podcast is hosted. You can actually see there and I'll get notified. Or if we, I'll post this email too within the uh, po- the description of the podcast. You can email, sounds so cocky, fans at jeffbosley.com. And I'll, I will get that. Because <laughs> um, I don't want to, I, I'll help filter out who's who. Um, I could, uh, I mean, this this is something I could have just said offline. I'll just i'll i'll set up Terrific. a i'll set a whiskey i'll set up a whiskey, whiskey and BS, BS like info Gmail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll post it. Um, it'll be in the description, and we'll try to get more interactive because hey, you know what? We got three hundred people to listen to this last time. Eighteen thousand subscribers in general. So I mean, there's somebody's listening to this this rambling. Yeah, um, hopefully somebody's enjoying this. Yeah, uh, and since we're getting near the tail end, probably should taper it down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was about to say we we're, we're we're on we're on the tail end here. Let's probably uh, call this our last our last ten minutes here. Yeah. Finish out with uh, uh, we will we got our our rant section <laughs> that's coming up this and uh, closing thoughts. This is where so, Scott and I get to cleanse ourselves. Scott, take the lead. Oh, I I will be happy to. <laughs> oh shit. Um, so far, I think most of my rants when we have done this. Uh, I know my last one. I'm pretty sure was about driving and blinkers uh i i will say i it's definitely driving related again today yay driving here for example um people i just gotta say if you are driving your car drive the car don't text don't call people or try to figure out what the fuck's going on in your sports league or whatever the hell you're doing on your phone in your car because i gotta be honest i get it if we're at a red light but when that light turns green and i'm still sitting behind you and we haven't moved and the other lanes have moved and the people are driving and now i got some asshole honking at me and it's not even my fault it just makes me want to punch you in the back of the head. <laughs> I want to get out of my car, come to your car, open the door, and just punch you in the back of the head. Take your phone, step on it, and tell you to get your ass driving. Because that's that's how I feel. Just fucking drive the car. If you're in your car, drive your car. That Don't do get, just fucking one <laughs> thing. Don't half-ass it. Whole-ass it, okay? Pay attention to what you're doing and and just be considerate of other people on the goddamn road ah jesus christ there we go um all right mine mine's mine's i don't know what it'd be categorized as common courtesy slash entitlement so in the course of a week um i saw people that in the army, we called this like, oh, like kind of like we always just said, oh, you think you're special? You know, like it's yeah. not an army thing only, but that's where we got it a lot. Whereas like we, they really beat into you. You're not special. Um, and one of the things that like was the coup de gras for this was 
more than one individual thought that they were more special than all of us that put dog shit in dog bags and take oh, said dog that. bag to dog trash to a trash can. And a lot of places in LA have actually receptacles to put the dog poop in. So they're dedicated for that. <laughs> there was a dumpster and it's locked because people I don't I don't know why they lock dumpsters. Maybe I don't know if it's so people don't use them or sadly so people don't dig them. I, think I don't that's know. Why. Um, so, but there was a dumpster locked on a property, not too a uh, business property, not too far from my apartment. And there were, I think, two or three dog poop bags on top of the dumpster. Meaning, and they were knotted, which means the person took the time to a clean up the dog shit, scoop it up in the bag, spin it around in a circle to tighten it up, and then tied a knot in it, and then chose to put it on top of that dumpster. Meaning, their thought process was whether they meant it where they consciously thought it or not was this is somebody else's problem. Oh, this, this trash. And it was on a locked trash bin. So they, they didn't even try to throw it away. They put it on top, meaning they were acknowledging somebody else was going to have to deal with it. That somebody else was going to have to deal with it mentality. And then I came home and went to our dump. Or like a, a lot of apartments now have like, you know, trash rooms yep. where you dump it down a chute. <sighs> our trash room had trash bags sitting in there. And oh, it's not man. like it was clogged. They, they were like, they thought they were so much more special than the other 40 rooms on this floor that they didn't have to actually open the thing and throw the trash down. And that level of entitlement, I'm better than you, or that's the problem is you can't, I can't put words to it. So I automatically categorize it as some sort of entitlement. But the fact by lack of doing that to me, I only can think of the opposite. So it's, I don't know if it's entitlement or I'm too, do you think you're special? You don't have to throw away right. your own trash. Yeah. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like I, I, I and, and to this day, I, I've, I've made a vow, and I did this with a story I'll catch up on real quick after this. I've made a vow. If I witness this, I'm calling people out on it. Uh, Pauline is actually good about this. One dude in our gym in our uh, apartment building, he'll come to the gym yeah. and actually with a Tupperware thing and eat sitting on the bench and eat food in the middle of training. Are you and Pauline, me? for those of you who don't know, she's. Her world is fitness, and she is very Swedish, very Eastern Bloc, Russian, angry. And she went up to this guy, and she goes, "You know, that's not going to make you have muscles." You're, you know, and she just straight up told this guy, and totally emasculated him because of a guy's sensitive ego, and just straight up said, "That's stupid. You're doing that." And then she finally made a complaint to the building, and the guy, again, nobody else is eating in the gym. What makes you so special? Right. So I've made a vow without being violent or confrontational, because nowadays you never know what could happen, but. I'm sure nine times out of 10, the people I confront doing these things, I can take them not to be arrogant, but I've made a vow to now interact with these people and not just suck it up and watch it. So when it happens, I'm trying to like, I I hope to find these people to put shit bags on there. And I want to think I'll count to 10 and call them out. Yeah. Call them out for sure. But I would like to, the instinct is to throw it at them. (laughs) Obviously that was for any purpose, but like a perfect example of, and I posted this video is when Sony parked in an assigned parking spot in our building. I hooked up my truck to a tow strap and towed the car out and left it in the middle of traffic. I love that you did that. Fuck those people because it took, they went through three signs and a gate that only opens for residents to get to that spot. So they had four chances to ignore rules. And I'm, I, I, I I hate being that old man that we, we live in a society on rules. And so to choose those automatically is a passive slap in everybody's face. And I vow to not take that any longer. I may get imprisoned. So this might be the last podcast you hear of me. So no. that's rants. 
Closing thoughts to wrap this shit up. I would say, uh, I mean, honestly, as far as rants go, uh, thematically, Sorry. they're pretty tied. The bottom line is be considerate. Yeah. There are other people in the world besides you. What? You are not the king of the fucking universe. <laughs> Treat people with care and respect and don't make people have to clean up after your ass or like – you know, yeah. avoid slash cater to it, you gold, because gold? of how you want to do something. Do unto others. Right. Do unto others as you would have them do to That's you. That's what I'll do. I'm going to put human shit in a dog bag. There you go. And I will leave it on their doorstep. Perfect. I've actually That's in college. Mission accomplished. A less, less sophisticated version of that was human feces on a car hood. Ugh. I don't know if they learned their lesson. Though. People, man, <laughs> sometimes. Just be considerate, guys. Yeah, Jesus. Golden rule. You know? Like... Ah. <laughs> I like that we we get like, we spend most of the show fun and jovial, and we end on the most negative, toxic thing we can do. And like, have a good day. Well, we, now we got our closing thoughts. Okay, <laughs> our Jerry Springer <laughs> moment. Uh, well, no, now we can we can we get to like close out and say like, uh, for, what what do I think of the whiskey? I thought the whiskey was delightful. It was. It's it's, it's a good uh, good purchase. I would say I yeah. recommend it. Uh, Give James, it a go. Yeah, Jameson anybody likes Jameson. There's two versions now that they have. One's an I that's made in an IPA barrel, and one's made in a. Uh, um, I just forgot what this was. Uh, stout. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. So they've got two new lines. If you like that, Jameson, it doesn't. Like Scott and I said, it takes away the whiskey bite, so it, it makes does. you feel classier. It's uh, so it's the, quite nice. <laughs> it's quite nice. Uh, so ten cool. out of ten recommend. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's no uh, unicorn blood like Johnny Walker Blue, but it's damn near close. To be honest with you, it's tasty um, and it goes good in coffee. Yes, it and does. so I'll try to end on a high, happier closing note. <sighs> what is it today? Today's Tuesday. Tuesday. Work hard. <laughs> Work hard. Respect others. Respect others. And. That should pretty much cover everything, no matter what you're doing, whether you're doing a practical job or an impractical one like Scott and I in this crazy city of Hollywood. It will should sustain you as a teacher, a Green Beret, a firefighter, or a wannabe actor, or, or everything in between. I, w- I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Work hard, play hard, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for episode five of Whiskey and BS with uh, Jeff Bosley and Scott Segrin. Um, we will post uh, an email so we can get more interactive and Jeff will try to get his head out of his ass and do this a little bit more regularly so we can interact with you all more frequently. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. We aren't sponsored by anybody, which is why you don't hear any commercials, but that day will come because I can be bought. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your time and have a great one, everyone. See ya. Have a good one. Bye.